Psalm 100, very familiar psalm. We just we entered the, uh, come out of the Thanksgiving season. And that Wednesday, that Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, I was in Kentucky, and uh, Brother Farrell Shepherd, the pastor there, had exchanged pulpits because Brother Joel Gray, which was uh, from Kentucky, uh, and sat under Brother uh, Williamson for several years, and then sat under Brother Hall. Uh, when Brother Hall resigned, and Brother Shepherd left, left his pulpit and um, left his church there in uh, North Carolina to come to Kentucky to take the church when Brother Hall resigned. Then it worked out to where Brother Gray was called to Brother uh, the Vision Baptist Church in North Carolina. So, so, uh, so Brother Shepherd's family is in North Carolina. Brother Gray's church is in Kentucky, and at Thanksgiving time, they just uh, they just changed places there. Uh, of course, they ordained Brother Shepherd's youngest son into the ministry the Sunday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. So uh, there's uh, several church preachers there in that family there. But anyway, Brother Gray brought a, a text out of Psalm 100 and. Um, uh, as he was preaching, and I got to looking at it uh, a little bit myself, and of course, uh, I noticed some things. I'm not preaching his message, but you know, when a preacher hears hears a message, oftentimes uh, he gets a message and and that kind of thing, and and it's it's nothing nothing deep and and things like that. Not as deep as the Sunday school this morning, tonight, and the preaching this morning. A little bit deeper, a little, but you can actually build upon this morning's sermon uh, in in tonight's uh, message uh, here out of Psalm 100. Uh, and uh, Brother Gray pointed out that it was a, that this is you know as you go through here, uh, if you have um, you know many has the study Bibles and of course we know that the Psalms were songs uh, that was sung in in their in their worship, and um, oftentimes you go through here and you see you know uh, Psalm of David or Psalm of Asaph and uh, let's see Psalm of uh, Mashiel of Asaph, and each of these, these terms have a meaning. There's a song and a psalm for the sons of Korah. But he said, and I'd have to look it up to verify, but he said this is the only psalm, Psalm 100, that it says a psalm of praise, a psalm of praise. And so I'll just take his word for it. We can look it up and find ourselves, <laughs> find out it for ourselves. But I thought that was kind of interesting uh, and, and made note of that, a psalm of praise. Let's read all five verses. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the day. Thank you, Lord, for the Vaughns coming out tonight. And, uh, Lord, we pray that they'll receive a blessing uh, for being here. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the visitors last Sunday. I pray that you'd stir them to come back. Thank you for that Brother Keaton come and for the work that was done. We praise you for that and for the fellowship. And I pray, Lord, for... Uh, Brother and Sister Hall, Brother Crow, and you give grace to them tonight and help them, we pray, the, the whole uh, Huffman family with the sickness that's gone through them uh, for the last couple of weeks. We pray that you would give healing and help and grace to them, others that uh, are not with us tonight, to move upon them and those 
that are here with uh, struggling with this, uh, the common colds and the, the sinus things that we have going on. Pray that you'd clear us. Thank you for, for improving my voice even from Wednesday night. And we pray and ask that you will just meet with us again tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the day. And uh, Lord, prepare us, Lord, for uh, the week that we have before us. And I pray that our lights will shine brightly to this lost, sinful world. And we ask and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Of course, this morning uh, we were in Ephesians and we dealt with being filled with the Spirit. And just to re- reiterate a little bit there uh, in the fact that, uh, and we, of course, we went through Ephesians and all the things that we needed to be. Starts out with Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 be holy. You know, and, and we've we seen all these bees uh, leading up to uh, Ephesians 5.18 about being filled with the Spirit. And, and as I, I put it together this morning, um, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a culmination, if you want to put it that way. There were more bees after we left off in verse number 21. Uh, we, at the end of the chapter, we could have dealt with the husband and the wife. There's some bees in there. Uh, you know, the things that we ought to be, where we ought to stand, where we ought to be fixed in, uh, the state that we ought to be in. That's the word be. And then we could go on into chapter 6. Of course, we labored in chapter 6 through the uh, whole armor of God uh, last summer when we come back from summer camp. The Lord had us go through, through that, and there's some more bees there that we ought to be, uh, you know, places where we ought to be. But we are to be... Field and it's not like, and it's, you know, one, I mean, I guess you could relate it as a commandment. He doesn't say, I command you, or thou shalt be filled with the, he just said be. <laughs> be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen. And so, and so we dealt with that, and then, and, I, and I'm going somewhere with this, I'm not, again, preaching this morning's message, but but in that light, and as we see, be ye holy, or, you know, uh, be holy, and then, of course, we, we went over to, to 1 Peter chapter 1, be ye holy, for I am holy. And so I, I did point out just a little bit in this morning with the statement of the fact that we have the ability to do something about that. When it says be, it's, it is giving us a command in part, um, I mean, it kind of comes that way, uh, more, you know, uh, of how we ought to walk our walk. I mean, it talks about putting on and taking off, and, and we dealt with some of those things, and Paul deals with those things in the epistles to the churches there in the New Testament uh, to help our, our, our walk. And again, as I pointed out this morning, when you're reading those epistles, eight note, we've, we've said this in our studies, who, who the letter is written to, uh, understanding that many of those letters were to the Gentile churches, um, and of course understanding Galatians as we uh, as noted in Sunday school, Galatians, there was, there was the, um, the uh, issue, I guess for lack of better words, going on between the apostles and the church, the early church, on circumcision and the law and how much of the law we brought into the church. And Paul dealt with that in his epistles, you know, and Paul being the apostle to the Gentiles. 
And uh, as we read, and I pointed out this morning, as you read down through Ephesians, you know that as he's writing there, not only we know that it's to Ephesian church, but sometimes the writing, the way that the words are written by Paul in, 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 in the letter is, is, is kind of going toward the collective church, the collective body. And at other times, there's a little transition where it's dealing with individual believers the, the, the members of the body, you know, and, of course, we, we see that, you know, so, uh, so when we read these and when we preach these, if we can bring out uh, appropriately who, you know, does it pertain to the whole body or does it pertain to each individual member of the body? Of course, we know that each member in their place makes up the body of Christ, uh, the local church, so we understand that, but, but when we're reading and we're studying, kind of seeing how it's written to say, does that apply to everybody as a collective or just me as an individual? And there's a lot of things as individuals that when it comes down to you as an individual, and then we can make application in the home as, you know, the individual uh, uh, children of God, Christians in the home. And then as the homes come into the church and we see it make up the local assembly, the church. And so, but, but there's times that we have something to do about it. We're not just robots, you know, <laughs> where he just plugs up, you know, plugs in a cord to us, types in a program, hits enter, and we immediately do just exactly, no. He says it, but it's kind of, Hit tonight a little bit. There is a we have a free we're a free moral agent. We can do it or not do it. There was there was a a little situation in, among my children, <clears throat> and uh, I was even speaking to this this afternoon when I got home on the phone with one of them, and uh, you know there's some that they have a good heart. Uh, they want to go out and change the world. Uh, they want everybody, but they want everybody to fall into their mold, brothers included and sisters included. You know, and, 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 they, and they want the best for their, their siblings. I get that. They do. But you take an 18-year-old, you know who I'm talking about, the last one that flew the coop. You take an 18-year-old and you, you proselyte him, <laughs> you... You, you, you get him to the estate that he's living in now under the, under the wing of Big Brother. Big Brother's got plans for him. But now that he's got some freedom from Mom and Daddy, and he's, he's on his own a little bit, and he starts to get his grounding, you know, Big Brother's plans for him is not what he wants. And so there's some conflict there. But Big Brother has a big heart. He wants the best for his siblings. I understand that. His wife is, a, is in the medical field, and she has a big heart. She volunteers even before, even while she was in college to go, uh, you know, to become a doctor and things. And, uh, but I said both in a, in a conversation with those that have a big heart, I said, you and your profession that you're headed to and what you want for people, you can... You can say, hey, you know, you feel that university and college is, is the way that everybody ought to go, and you can lay it all out, and you can say, this is what you need to do. And I said, you, as a doctor, 
you know, can say, you know, this is what your problem is. This is the medicine I'm prescribing you. And this is, you know, you need to take the medicine and a certain regimen. And then you need to do this and do this, maybe cut out some things in your life and you will be able to get over the condition that you're in. So the one and then the doctor, and I said, and me as a preacher, I can, I can take the word of God and I can preach, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> this is what God says about your home. This is what God says about raising your children. This is what God says about being saved. This is what God says about you know, walking a Christian life. But if you go out and do it, then it's going to do no good. I can't, I can't go home with you, and I can't twist your arm, and I can't make you do anything. And neither can your doctor make you do what they've prescribed for you to do. But then there's consequences to that. You can listen to the doctor. You can get a second opinion. <laughs> you can follow a regimen and maybe get through or you can just ignore the doctor and say, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, they've all, they went through all that college. <laughs> and they read and read and read, and they, they put case studies together, and they, they bring in a whole lot of information that we don't have. So maybe they do want know what they're talking about, but if you just don't want to listen, then you're not going to get any help. And it's just that way. So there's times that we have the ability to say, I will. And we, we pointed that out many times in the Psalms. When, the, Psalm, when the, the psalmist David, you know, said, I will do this. I will do that. Well, let's just look at verse, that Psalm 101, we're right there. It starts off with that. He says, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. See, he's exercising his will to sing. Of God's mercy. You know, and, and, and oftentimes we just need to say, I will. We could go back to the Sunday school. <clears throat> I will exercise faith in this. It, this is the scariest thing that I've ever done. Stepping out on faith. I've had to do that. When God said for me, because I, I tried to, <clears throat> you know, I endeavored to go to Scotland as a missionary. Brother Hodnett is there in the city that I wanted to go to. <clears throat> I had a little bit of support that I had gone out while I was still working <clears throat> and got coming in pretty faithfully, you know, each month, but it wasn't what, it didn't cover my bills. Still had all seven children in my home. And God said, at the end of 2007, I want you to make a clean break with your job. Just step out on faith and go out on the road and on deputation. And when you put it on paper, <laughs> it doesn't work out. All right, this is my expenses, and this is my promised income. It doesn't match up. It was heavy on the expenses. But God said, go. Okay. And it was one of the hardest things to do to go and just trust God to provide my needs. But all along the way, he, he sent the money in just at the right time, and he took care of me all along the way, all my needs. I had a crack in a windshield 
I was in Virginia at the end of the very first service in a missions conference. Man walks up to me and says, is that your suburban out in the parking lot with the cracked windshield? I said, yes, it is. He said, come down to the shop tomorrow. I got your windshield waiting in the shop for me or shop for you. Okay. See some, you know, some man walk by my, my vehicle and see my tires. <laughs> and then says, I want you to get with me because we're going to go down the garage and buy you some tires. Okay. Things like that. And just, you know, like Brother uh, Tim pointed out to me in Sunday school tonight, just that building of the faith. So I stepped out on faith and said, God, you're going to have to do it because I don't know where it's coming from. And then got to see God do it for me each step of the way builds up your faith. But I had to do something in that, in, in that equation. I had to say, okay, I-W-I-L-L. I will Quit my job December 31st, 2007. Tough. <laughs> I just figured at the end of the tax year, you know, and then everything else in 2008 was going to be different as far as taxes go. And that's the way I worked it. So we have uh, the ability to do, and we've got to do, you know, to be ye doers of the word and not hearers only and we and there's where my thought is tonight again this is a very familiar psalm but as i as brother gray was preaching down through here these you know all these things just popped off the page at me when it, just like the bees popped off the page just from this morning make <laughs> implied that we're doing something about it we are doing it we're not god's not doing it for us, nobody else is doing it for us. We have to will ourselves, like he says in the next psalm, I will, but he says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. This is a psalm of praise. This is a, 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 an, an incitement to praise, this song is. You know, and so make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. So, you know, we can come in and just, you know, I mean, like some preachers have I've seen said under in the past, <coughs> you know, come in with the attitude of, you know, bless me if you can. You know, I, I know that you studied, you hard, I want you to, to make me, I want you to move me, preacher. But already flowing up the roadblock, I'm already going to be difficult to get through or you can come in that like David, like the psalm that I will sing praise, and I, I'm going to just, just purpose in myself to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He's kind of talking about my dad singing, and that's all he could do. Just <laughs> make noise, joyful. <laughs> Carrying a tune in the bucket, and his, his, his rhythm was a little off too. Uh, but we tried to do some singing when I was with him the week of Thanksgiving, and I'm glad I had that opportunity and had some moments and some tearful moments, got choked, choked up and then a little bit of crying myself, but glad I had those times with him. But make a joyful noise. And we can, you know, we can get out and like the songs that we talked about this morning... <laughs> Uh, and in Ephesians there, 
You know, when it says being filled with the Spirit, and we dealt with that, uh, but, be, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So that's to the Lord there, and it says here in Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. You know, we can go out and we can, you know, I don't want to date myself, so I was in high school in the 80s, and I went to some of the school events. I went to public school, shame on me, in a lot of areas. You know, and of course, uh, you know, this time of the year, all those, the old TV commercials this time of the year, of, of, uh, especially at the end of a decade, how you can go back and get the, get the, uh, the dance songs, the dance music, or the, or the party music from the 70s, or the party music from the 80s, or the party music from the 90s, and we're way beyond that these days. And it moves, the, it moves the emotion, it moves the feet, it moves the hips, but it's not unto the Lord. Amen. It doesn't say, you know, all my rowdy friends and things like that and all that party scene, anything like that. That's not what we as Christians ought to be doing. We, we read it there in Ephesians, we read it here in Psalm Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Because when we, like was pointed out, get to the place where, and where I was at this morning, when we get to the place where we understand and know that we are absolutely zero without God. Amen. And like I pointed out there in Ezekiel's, you know, when that, the, the infant was polluted, Israel was, as the infant left on the, in the field, polluted in its own blood, the navel still attached. Destitute to die if left alone. But God in his mercy, God in his grace, God in his love come by Israel and chose Israel just because he loved Israel. Not that they were a great people, we read in Deuteronomy, but just because he, 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 he expressed his love toward them and then as he passed by our way in conviction, he was gracious enough to let us hear the gospel. You know, there are other nations and there are other uh, Christians in other nations, but they don't have the gospel as ready available as we do here in the United States of America. All, all the more reason to be thankful to God and to, and to sing, make a joyful noise unto the Lord here. In praise, this is a psalm of praise because when we really realize who we are without Christ, who we are without God, if we were left alone, where we would be. You know, I was, should have been a statistic. I say that often. You know, my parents divorced when I was five. Lower middle class neighborhood. Uh... There was, I mean, in Tennessee, there was drugs around. I was offered drugs a block from my home once. I knew that there were drugs in the school and there were people inclined to go that way, but it wasn't like in your face kind of thing. But the music encouraged it back in the 80s. You know, the scene, you know, that scene, 
And, of course, those that were actively, were not actively doing it was often watching the films that made light of it. Let's put it that way. There was always that character that was high on dope in the movies. We laughed at them. Laughed at the ones that was in school on dope. It was around. You know, and, and then, you know, I look at myself and statistically... Divorced parents, drunken stepfathers, alcohol in the home, lower middle class neighborhood. Go to the go to the prison down in McAllister and just ask them. Do a survey. Was your dad in the home? When were you introduced to marijuana? Did marijuana lead you to or even alcohol, did it lead you to the heavier stuff? A lot of them will say yes. When you found certain literature, I won't go any beyond that, certain literature that showed just a little bit, did that prompt you to go to literature that showed more? And now I'll say yes. Ted Bundy, the the known the known serial killer. That's kind of how he got started in those things. Just satisfy his sin. And it just built upon, built upon, built upon, and then he became a, a killer. You know, there's where we in our flesh, in our sinful flesh, this is not anywhere in here. Our sinful flesh, that's where that's where we would be would be today had it not be for God who is rich in mercy <laughs> shedding his love abroad to us and, and getting us the gospel and convicting us of our sin and drawing us unto him and, and, and saving us by his mercy and grace. We could just really put us in all those other places. And when we realize all those things where we could have been and we're not because of the saving grace of God, then we should be able to make a joyful noise. And I thank the Lord that we can come in. We go to other churches. I don't know. I heard a little bit, you know, what Brother Vaughn was talking about as far as some of the other churches not having their Wednesday nights and not having their Sunday nights. And you go into some churches, we're already known in this community about some of the churches we fellowship with for our singing. They know that we're going to sing out. We're going to make a joyful noise. You go to their churches, we fill up a pew when we're visiting one of their revival services and everybody turns around and looks at us like, where's that noise coming from? Oh, it's the Sooner Rose crowd. But that's where it ought to be. And, and if we will realize and keep at the forefront of our minds just where God has brought us from and where we would be without him, we would, should have a song of praise on our lips. Not just on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and Saturday. When you walk into work among the heathen that you work with and you got a skip and you got a song, or Sister Sherry's case, not trying to embarrass her, she got a whistle. She likes to whistle. And she whistles those, those gospel tunes. You, you be down at camp, walking along there, and you hear this 
whistle. You know this Sister Sherry whistling because she's got a song in her heart. Amen. And it's a blessing. Blessing to hear. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. And so we have the uh, ability, and we have, you want to put it that way, the obligation to make a joyful noise. We can or can't. We don't have to, but it says make. So that's something on us. But it, then it directs who the joyful noise should be to, unto the Lord, just like we read in Ephesians chapter 5. Then verse number 2. Serve. There again, there we can make a choice to serve. We can take Christ's example. He became a little lower than the angels. He took upon himself the form of a servant. And we look to him as our example, and then we can come around like we heard, seen yesterday. By the way, did you guys fix that light, or did it just fix itself? <laughs> Remember the one we was having issues with? Okay, just fix itself. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I've been meaning to ask because we had some issues when they was changing the light bulbs. That one wasn't working, and now it is. That one right there had a problem this morning, but it's working tonight. But hallelujah. But, you know, just get a phone call. Hey, the light, we're over here at the church doing some work. Don't call the police. <laughs> if you see the lights on over here, it's us. I like those phone calls because somebody made a conscious decision to serve. Yeah. Brother Keaton's coming up to, do, to, to take that uh, fan off of the light. Put it on a separate circuit. While he's here, though, <laughs> we're going to take advantage of him and uh, run that extra couple of cords down there. Folks showed up, and we, we did that. Serve the Lord with mully grubness. <laughs> Again, going back to who he, we are without him and all that what he's done for us. That should prompt our service, not out of begrudging, but because of all that what he's done for us, should, we should be ready to go. In fact, I heard, you know, the story, I, I heard a story, all the preaching I've heard, I heard lots of preaching, working on a Christian radio for several years. They said that, <clears throat> like brother, <clears throat> like, uh, Hang on a second. Like Bethany Baptist Church, I, I like that bell down there. And I seen that in church I was growing up with. You know, a young person that's saved and just got the zeal, wanting to do something for the Lord. You know, well, you can at so much time before you you be the bell ringer. And then there was a, this one preacher talking about that, said that there was a fella, he just got saved and he wanted to do something. He was always there just chomping at the bits to do something and all the positions were filled. So the pastor was like, I don't know what to say. He said, I'll tell you what. He goes, he said, he said we got that steeple out there on, on, the, on the, the church there and, you know, the wind blows and things like that old building. He said, we'd hate for that thing to fall off and, and hurt somebody. He goes, he goes, if you would, right before the service, if you'd just go out and just 
kind of eye that steeple, make sure it's not leaning. <laughs> and he was glad to do it. And so every he'd go out and look at, the, look at the steeple, and he'd come in and give the pastor a thumbs up, the pastor give him a thumbs up. But he served the Lord with gladness, even if it's scrubbing a toilet bowl, a vacuum in the floor, running a wire, screwing in a light bulb. He served the Lord with gladness. And it says, come before his presence with singing. So make, serve, come. These are all things that we are consciously purposing in our hearts to do. So serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. I'll just hit this one real, real quick and then we'll go on. One of the things I heard on a Christian radio station when I was still in active duty Air Force many moons ago down in Georgia And it was a brand new Christian radio station in that area. And it was one of those little, like five or ten minute devotion to kind of fill, fill a little spot. I just, I, I don't know why, I just remember little things. There's some things I can just remember for 50 years ago, 40 years ago. I just remember these little nuggets and these little things, and this is one of them. And maybe because of one of my good friends growing up in through elementary school, he was... He was a race car fanatic, and he was a Richard Petty fanatic. I mean, everything Richard Petty, he had. And, of course, Richard Petty, one of his biggest sponsors was STP, oil treatment. All right? So maybe that's why I remember it. I pers- and I personally like the old, the old Pontiac GTOs. Uh, like the 66, 67, that time frame. Anyway, I've got a GTO, 67, I think it is. It's one of them little matchbox cars, about there, the Hot Wheels cars. But it's painted up like the old Richard Petty, 43 STP. It's in one of my drawers somewhere. Anyway, this devotion said, before you pray, he said, sing. And like Brother Crow pointed out when he preached for us uh, Sunday night a week ago, he said singing, and he's right. I've heard the same thing with Brother Hall, and we're working on it and in time. But he said, before you pray, sing. Because like congregational singing, like singing does as a preparation of worship, like last night when we came in and we were doing our, you know, our prayer meeting, every Saturday night we just come in, sing two songs, and actually read a prayer list and pray, and we... Read your prayer list on Wednesday night as well. But, you know, you come in with the cares of the world, everything that you've done throughout the day and throughout the week, and just to come in to, to, to change gears, to get your mind focused on prayer. He said, STP, this little devotion. That's why I remember it, I guess. He said, sing. Just sing you a little, you know, a verse or two of Amazing Grace, just to, again... Focus ourselves for worship. Come before his presence with singing. And the devotion was before you pray, as you're entering into his presence, you're entering the throne room of the grace of God. He said, sing. And that will, that will incite your mind to be where it ought to be. 
It will, it will bring it into focus because you're singing of, of the things of God. Amazing grace. That's a good song. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Or blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And see how that brings your mind to where you're at and who he is, who you are and who he is. And then he said, sing, and then he goes, think. Before you pray, don't just get in and just pray all over the place. He said, think. Sing, think. Think about what you're going to pray for. We have a list, and you can pray your list. Uh, there's prayer closets, and people have little cork boards with their prayer requests on there. People have prayer journals, you know, prayers and, and answer to prayers, and they move things over. However it is to focus your prayer, your attention to what you're getting ready to pray for, think about it. What am I coming to God for today? Praise, an, a, a, an intercession on behalf of others, uh, a, a need for myself. Think about what you're wanting to pray about and then pray, STP. Sing, think, and pray. But come before his presence as you would in prayer, with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And again, I'm not relaboring it because I've already labored it. We understand and know, we have an understanding, I think we read this morning, of who we are and who he is. It was kind of talked about in Sunday school, talking about our faith. And it goes back to our faith, like I read on Mr. Bancroft. It unlocks his power so that we can get in tune with his will and we can get in tune with his work. But it's his power. Our faith unlocks his power to allow us to do that. But then, we, But we have to see who he is. We have to know that the Lord, he is God. Talking about faith to move a mountain or just he is God in his glory, in his majesty. And so many times we fail to recognize the preeminence of Christ and the majesty of God the Father. And when we focus in on that and we know that, then it puts things in the right perspective. In our walk, our faith, our prayer, everything about our Christian service. Verse number four, moving right along. Enter. <laughs> Enter into his courts with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Again, knowing that he is the, knowing that the Lord, he is God then that allows us to enter properly with thanksgiving, with praise, and thankful unto him. We're going to get to bless his name in just a minute. Being thankful. Again, we just come out of Thanksgiving week, <coughs> but we shouldn't just be thankful one day a year. <laughs> that, <laughs> that should be every day. When you sit up on the side bed, just the fact that you woke up, that's enough to be thankful for. And you're able to push yourself up on the side of the bed, that's enough to be thankful for. Because people can't even raise up. And then just so many things that we do have to be thankful for that we just take for granted day by day. But again, if we get in the right perspective of knowing that he is God, 
and that we are nothing and nobody without him. We're dust. You know, dust can't be moldable. <laughs> clay can. That's after salvation. We're clay. But before, we're just dust. You go out on that super dry, dusty day, and you just, I'm going to talk about real fine stuff, and you just pick it up and just goes through. Or what we get rid of after a week or so around the house off of our furniture. That's us. And when we get in the right perspective that we're nothing more than just something we want to get rid of. Help us now. And then finally, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Bless. How do we bless God? That, that is, and I've heard bless God as a byword in churches. That's a Christian cussing. If you use it wrong, it is. It's vain, I'm just telling you. Gotta be careful. And I know some of them will, and they'll use that word. I ain't going to say. Now, wait a minute. Are you blessing God when you're saying bless God? I don't think you are. You need to read the content. Here, listen to, go back and listen to your tape, preacher. I don't think that you're saying that in the right context. I think you're using his name in vain. But how do we bless God? You know, he blesses us. I can get that part. But for us to bless him? But it says to. So I looked up the word bless. And there's two, two definitions that number six, number seven in Webster's, 1828, that stood out. Bless. To praise, to glorify for benefits received. And he gives the... The, uh, the scripture in Psalm 103, I'll just read it. Psalm 103, verse 1. So, to praise, to glorify for benefits received. A psalm of David, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. All his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from, thy, from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like, e like the eagles. Verse number 20 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, ye his angels and, uh, that excel in strength that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye, all ye his hosts, ye, ye, ye ministers of his, that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Again, it says bless him. So again, the, the definition to praise, to glorify, for benefits received. And again, it goes back to knowing that, he, that the Lord, he is God. And when we get that in the right perspective, we can have this, sing this song of praise. We can have praise upon our lips. We can go out and bless him because we are thanking him for all of his benefits. And the second definition there in Psalm, or to praise, to magnify, to extol for excellencies, in Psalm 104, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great, thou art clothed with honor, and majesty, just being thankful for who he is. 
seeing him for who he is, the majesty of the Lord, the honor of the Lord. And again, when we realize all that, then we, like the psalmist here, can go out every day with a song of praise upon our lips. Short and sweet. I don't want to go to 7.30, but I was, had this ready for last week, but we went different last week with Brother Chris and Brother Crow preaching for us. So something to build upon this morning in the fact that, number one, just refocusing on who we are without God and who we are in God. That's another thing to praise the Lord for. I'm his child. What? I mean, I'm a son of God according to John chapter 1. I am an heir of God according to Romans chapter 8. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. I don't understand it all, but the Bible says that I believe it. And I know that I am. I reap his benefits daily. So not only getting a refocus of who we are without Christ but who we are in Christ. That's enough to praise the Lord for. So when we see that, and then the other part of the the message, just the main thought, is the fact that we have to purpose in our hearts to make, to serve, to bless, to come. All those things there that we've seen in our text, to enter, be thankful. We have to purpose ourselves to do that. Otherwise, we're just going to go through, like I pointed out this morning, just that wilderness, wilderness Israelite. We'll help you conquer the land, but we're going to leave on. We're going to live in the wilderness on this side, of, on the other side of Jordan. We don't want the blessings of the land. We want the wilderness. It's a good place to raise our cattle. I want the milk and honey. But again, that goes back to what your desires are and purposing in your heart to strive to get those things and to strive to serve him as we ought to and as the Bible ascribes to us. All right, let's pray.